Boop, boop, boop. Bop, bop, bop. Okay. It's a sound test. <laughs> no, that's part of the. That's my intro. Damn. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Don't interrupt my intro. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, hey everyone, and welcome to uh, another episode of the Road to High Five, an opportunity where I'm going to speak to different members of the High Five team and learn a little bit about them as people and how they ended up here. Um, so I have our guest introduce himself first, so over to you. My name is Ryan McCormick, and I am the director of the Edger Leadership Program. When we, when we do these questions, the first thing I'm, I ask everyone is, where were you before working at High Five, and how did you end up here? Uh, before High Five, I worked for Project Adventure, doing mostly delivery um, within PE Health and Wellness, uh, and a big focus on the technical uh, trainings related to the Challenge Course, which is very different from what I do here for High Five. But and, and what do you do specifically here? What's the what's the change? What's the difference? Uh, right. Well, the big difference is I actually work directly with people. Um, and right now with the big program in Keene, we work with folks of all ages, fifth grade up through high school, as far as students, and then all the faculty and teachers from most of the schools we're working with. So it's much more, uh, direct service, directly working with people rather than training, which is sort of the former piece in my earlier, uh, role here at high five was training folks how to bring adventure into their programs. And so when we go back, you know, before product adventure, you, you did outdoor road for many years. I feel like mm -hmm. we, we have similar backgrounds yeah. in that perspective speak towards that how did you end up doing outdoor raid yeah i think you have to step a little bit back into before i even was thinking about going to college mm. and the big question was was i going to go in my mind no that, that wasn't where i was headed i didn't quite understand what i would want to do or or that that didn't seem like a real fit for what i was interested and curious about but it came from a place where that that's what you did you went to high school and to college uh so there was a lot of sort of pressure and by pressure, I mean, you're going to college, so choose one. Yeah. Um, I started looking at like environmental science, found Linden State College in uh, Northern Vermont and they offered adventure-based programming. So that's really where, where I started. And, you know, and at the time that was much more, I think people that were going to go out and become uh, ski tour guides and rock climbing guides and work in, you know, Vermont's uh, tourism industry, bringing people out into the, into the back country. How did you end up finding Holbert? Was it something yeah. that you, were you looking and or no. did, you know, how did they find no, I mean, I, I've been extremely lucky. I yeah. don't think I've done a whole lot of looking. I think it's just been being in the right place and forming the right relationships and getting to know folks. I did a lot of work specifically around the challenge course at Linden. It seemed like other folks were more interested in the going out on big trips and mountains and mm. somebody needed at some point to step up and, and run these local programs at schools. Mm. That's sort of what first opened the door like, whoa. There's this whole other side that's really fun. It's somewhat like teaching, but I'm outside, and I feel like there's more of a purpose than just bringing folks up into the mountains for their own thrill. But so when I was, I graduated in December from Linden. So it was very, it's, all, it's a small school anyway. So yeah. having that wintertime graduation was even less students graduating. So it's very small. It was a lot of time to, to talk with professors and parents. And uh, in one of those conversations, my professor, John Kosenska, said, hey, I got an email from an Andy Williams down at the Hulbert Outdoor Center, and they're looking for instructors. So that was really the only, I hate saying that, but job searching I did out of school. It was very relaxed, like, yeah. yeah. You know, come and find out, it, it, they needed lots of instructors there. So it was like a lot of outdoor ed centers. Yeah. When you're a young kid out of school, you're like, I got a job, and you're very excited. And it was a great job, and I stayed there for 
seven or so years. Would you describe him as a mentor in the field? Was John that to you? I remember when I graduated and he said, well, now you have all the basic skills to start learning about adventure. <laughs> and I thought that was a funny thing to say to somebody graduating. Graduate, yeah. uh, but as I entered the field and saw sort of the messages that other young people like myself were coming into and sort of expectations and almost a little entitlement because they had this degree in, in play, essentially, mm -hmm. uh, it was a huge service for John to start us in that more of a humble place and say like, okay, you spent four years basically getting some, some real basic information that you can now practice. Um, so that, that was kind of fun to go off and just be like, right, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready mm -hmm. to be a professional. Uh, another piece was the first time I did any, uh, large group games or, or a group on my own. John had asked if I'd cover for him cause he ran these family adventure nights on campus and so local families would come in and we'd play games and it would be multi-age right because they're families so you got parents and little kids and right so already like things are really challenging to like and i don't know any of this yeah. so i'm new to facilitating i got my giant bag of like silly chickens and like all the stuff carrying hula hoops yeah i mean it weighed more than i did it's <laughs> so big and uh but anyways carrying that down and john came out and he said oh you got a you got a pretty big crowd in there in an exciting way i said wait what yeah. he's like yeah it's about 50 60 people 50, 60 people. Are you kidding? And I remember just like feeling like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And he just looked at me with that smile and he was like, you're going to be fine. And I was like, yeah, but he's like, you're going to be fine. And I realized that was just like, he wasn't going to let me have the anxiety around mm. all the things I thought was going to around. He's like, it's going to be fine. You're going to learn some things. People are going to have fun. You're just going in to play games. Yeah. And it ended up being great. It was a great time. But, yeah. uh, it was just that I think of that now every time I'm scared for any group, which you know, you're like, it never goes away. Yep. Always I'm like anxious about groups, right. even groups that I know in the school that I work with for a couple of years now. Yeah. I'm still like, oh, is this going to work? But anytime I get that, I just think of John saying that you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I, you know, start passing that on other people. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Awesome. So the next two questions are going to be quick fire. Uh, I'm just going to give them to you and you just tell me your first answer. And uh, some are going to make some sense and some are going to be completely nonsensical, but just go with the flow. <laughs> go with the flow. Okay. It, it might, might be very interpretive, you know. Okay. Um, this one's probably going to be good for you with your incredible memory of these things, but name oh. a movie you enjoyed as a child. Oh, The Wizard of Oz. Wow, straight off the bat, Wizard of Oz. What, what makes that your favorite movie as a child? I think because it was a, uh, it was dark and scary. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that still influences my sort of design and aesthetic and stuff. Mm. Or I notice it and see it even from games like Ubuntu Cards. There's a feel and an aesthetic and a, a darkness. Not to sound creepy or scary, but yeah. that sort of drew me in. I, you know, I think everybody thinks the monkeys are scary, but there's a lot of other parts in that movie that were really kind of scary. It's always been an unknown sort of character being thrown into an adventure. Yeah. Uh, that seems unlikely, unfit for the journey, and then comes across these really basic principles as like guiding. And oh, like yeah. for that, it's, you know, I talk about EOLs based on, you know, the lion and the scarecrow and the yeah, tin it's... woodsman and, you know, talking about finding heart and the wisdom and the courage and what we perceive. It's, it's, it all fits in there. Uh, oh, it's so, so much deeper than the wit, the, the witches, right. <laughs> the scary monkeys, you know, yeah. which are scary, Yeah, you know, but, um, it's just those kinds of stories and there's lots of them, you know, I, I love movies. So even, you know, Goonies, people probably don't realize how much I actually quote little parts of Goonies in a program, but it's, it's that sense of just 
being thrown into something that you don't necessarily plan and it just kind of happens. And I try to make our programs feel that way for folks as if they just sort of showed up and this happened. Um, and if you remember me telling this, but I was uh, in a production of The Wizard of Oz <laughs> and I played, <laughs> played the, the head rat. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the school couldn't afford a costume for a monkey. <laughs> so they just stuffed, the stuffed, pant, stuffed panty liner with a... Uh, with black stuff, material to make a rat's tail. And I, 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 had a, I had a speaking part, so that was pretty impressive. I don't know what's scarier, flying monkeys or flying rats? I don't, no wings, no. It was just oh. a, a rat that walked. We didn't, didn't have the material for hmm. wings. It was a, so I was, a, I, was the, <laughs> I was the head rat yeah. in a production of Wizard of Oz. Name your favorite side dish. Ooh, I do like mashed potatoes. Really? Yeah, especially if there's good butter and, and, or heavy cream in there. So you choose mash. So the options are often that would be a potato-based thing. Right. Often mash, but over maybe a French fry or something. Mm. Sweet. I, I would, yeah, I'm that weird guy way. that when they say like French or mashed or something like that in the restaurant. Yeah, I, like, I get mashed. People are like, really? No, well, I like food like yeah. babies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't yeah. have, I don't have to chew anything. Yes. No, I prefer that over a French Squash fry Squash would be my second I, choice. I, <laughs> Do you have a tub of uh, pureed apple yes. sauce, please? Yes. Um, Jello. <laughs> if you had to live the remainder of your life as an animated character, who would it be? As an animated character, probably one of the gummy bears, Zoe. Really, a gummy bear? Yeah. I don't know the names well, of the gummy <laughs> Zoe and Tommy. How, how do you know these names? Because. <laughs> the gummy bears, do they bounce here and yeah. there and everywhere? Gummy bears are awesome because we were talking about right. this before. They had the gummy juice. It seemed like a cool place to live. I don't care who, it, maybe it's just in that community as an animated character. I mean, Smurfs, I don't know, they could handle it. It's true. The gummy bears did have a very cool family right. community vibe to it. Like they had meals and they were all in this like big dining hall right. together. And they drank a lot. They drank a lot <laughs> of gummy, gummy bears. Juice. Like, it's called wine. <laughs> and I'm bouncing all over the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This one I, I bring up at uh, Adventure Basics quite often, but and it's very serious. Mm -hmm. uh, would you rather fight a hundred horses the size of a duck or one duck the size of a horse? Yeah, no, I, this question, I, it's a lot of little things. A lot of little yes. horses. And the reason? Rationale? Because I'm a little guy. <laughs> so I want the added benefit of some intimidation to be bigger than my enemy, which well, doesn't happen. Yeah. So, Do you have a strategy that you would go into this? A hundred horses, hundred of them is a lot. I just keep zigging and zagging. <laughs> just I think if you just run through and kick and then get out speed. and then keep going through, don't, you don't want to get caught in the middle where they're like, no. all those hundred horse bodies become one massive, you know. Gulliver's Travels. If yes. you read that book. Oof. So yeah. you gotta, you gotta keep them separate. Zigging and zagging. <laughs> you gotta keep them separated. Yeah. And uh, just run in, kick a couple. All right. Keep a couple of horses. But definitely, no, I would be. I don't. Horses in general are terrifying. They terrify me. Yeah. So that's why I'm so I don't need no damn duck sized horse. Uh, I don't think that makes it any better for me. No. Uh, horses. That's are a crazy. big mouth. I feel like a, if, a the duck sized horse could potentially swallow you. A duck sized duck is pretty intimidating. So <laughs> for me, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> a horse duck that doesn't that doesn't make it better. That makes it worse. Right. Would you rather? Another would you rather? Would you rather age one year? Every time that you sneezed, oh. or repeat grades kindergarten through twelve as an adult currently as you are now, do you get to choose what school? 
sure. Or do you have to go like your no, I, old teacher? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That I might pass on. Uh, I think in... Uh, let's say you could choose your school. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I sneeze way too much. I'm allergic to everything. I'd be dead. <laughs> like one weekend, one I would age 90 years. <laughs> so the choice has to begin again for Joe. Is yeah. it already great that you would be You're more... You're really saying, would you rather die in a couple of days? <laughs> Next allergy <laughs> season. <laughs> or That's true. You want to stay alive and repeat school. Uh, what would be the grade that you would look forward to the least? The least? Yeah. Oh, probably in the high school. Yeah. Or middle school. Or the elementary school. Or <laughs> elementary school. No, I think high school for me. If you repeated it. See, that's where I jumped to. I don't think my brain now is an adult. Still, I still don't think I would be very confident at school. No. New, new math is scary. I don't yeah. know how to do it. All right. Uh, last question. Yeah. What is a job you would like me to have? What? <laughs> <laughs> you to have? Yeah. What's, what's a job you'd like me to have? Oh, I think it would be like, like a, uh, like in a more urban environment to be like a storekeeper. Hmm. Like a, like a family owned like store? Mr. Like Mr. Hooper, like old school Sesame Street. Yeah. What, what, why, why? I, I don't know. I think it's like, uh, in that realm when you wear an apron and it's kind of like slash hardware store and people come in and you know everybody. Be like, hey, how's it going? Oh, good. Hey, got those bolts in for you. <laughs> that sounds like right on my street. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So yeah. if this doesn't work out. It's like a community, not community, but like a, a, a hardware store. There was a TV show when I was a kid, like a cartoon. I think it was called Mr. Ben, not Mr. Bean. Mr. Belvedere. No, Mr. Ben. It was, I don't think it was Mr. ever ben. in this country. It was like a clothes store, like an, like a guy who owned a clothes store, and this guy, Mr. Ben, would come in, and he would put on the clothes. He would jump into the changing room and then become the clothes that he was wearing. Like So he would then hit the episode would be like, oh, I put in a firefighter suit, and then he'd go through the chain, and now he'd be a firefighter for oh. the day. That, for some reason, that when you said, like, small store, that's the store I was thinking of, Mr. Ben. No reference to anyone who's listened to this, apart from many English people yeah. <laughs> who, were, who watched TV in the 80s. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. I've appreciated yeah, the conversation. It's been real fun. It's been fun. Thanks for listening. And can you say, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. <laughs> and then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting it. I think I'll the guy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It really does help us out a whole lot. And on a new episode of The Road to High Five. The biggest piece that I was looking for at the time that High Five started, the advantage that starting out with Jim and Carl and Nikki and a few others to create High Five was that I was able to get back out on the road and spend most of my time helping people design and doll challenge courses to, to meet their needs. <laughs>